Good day, everybody. My name is Dana Massa with the Sun, Your Soul, and the Mindful Mama. And today, I'm going to be releasing my new series, Mindful Souls. I always wanted to interview other people and bring other people into my world. I wanted to go into their world and really understand what are people doing? How are people helping the community? How are people out there healing people on an individual level and a community level? So the intention of this series is really talking to people, healers, teachers, psychotherapists, um, doctors, nutritionists, people that are really making social change out there, healing the communities, healing individuals. Today, I'm gonna be interviewing Kristen Ingram. She's an award-winning CEO and executive producer at the Plus One Society, a Black woman-owned event production and marketing agency specializing in social justice and racial equity, servicing sports, entertainment, and media industries. I'm so excited. Okay, so welcome, Kristen. I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, I was so intrigued with your bio of all the different things that you've done, the different places, how did you shift from marketing executive to shifting into like your own company that has such a connection to like social justice? Yeah, thank you, Dana, for having me. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, in, in terms of um, shifting, I like to use the word pivoting. And I yeah. feel like I am like master pivoter. <laughs> so if anything happens in my life, I'm like, oh, we're just gonna switch and we're gonna go this way, which I think speaks to the producer um, in me, you know? And so obviously I, you know, I had a career as, as a marketing executive and before I became an executive in sports marketing specifically, and always thought that that was kind of the goal, you know, and someday I would end up, you know, CMO of a, company and or league or something like that and just I feel like one day I just had this like I was on a ladder climbing to nowhere yeah you know because it was like the expectation was more so put on me and I adopted it without really even questioning it and so while I was at the NFL I had the opportunity to be involved and spearhead a lot of the diversity and inclusion initiatives um, and develop a recruitment platform for diverse talent and other things at the league. And I really wanted to lean into that full time. And I really felt a calling to give myself the opportunity to contribute to communities in this way. Um, and at the time, this was back in you know 2017, the NFL didn't really have the capacity for me to do it full time. And so I took, you know, my journey, my exit strategy and really um, had to get into a deep, you know, inward place to figure out what was the voice I was hearing? What was it saying? You know, and, you know, what's the reality? Because the reality is I live in L.A., I bought a house six months ago. You know what I mean? Like, yes. uh, I don't think people like quit their jobs. Like straight away, like after they <laughs> buy a house, you know, and I'm a single mom and, and so all these real things are also factors, but I just um, felt so pulled to jump, you know? Yeah. And so that was really the, the shifting or pivoting into what is plus one society. And at the time I really didn't even know 
what plus one society was or could be. I just knew I could do more. Yes. Um, it's interesting. I love the word pivot. And it's funny because sometimes when people pivot, there's like this breaking down of their old life that happens to like allow the new life to start waking up. Did you feel like you had to break things down or was it that smooth pivot? No, no, <laughs> it was not a smooth pivot. It's one of those pivots where you keep going and that guard is still on you, but you gotta keep going around and around. Um, yes. You know what I, I really had to dismantle in my mind, the identity that I had created around being Miss NFL, you know, and who was I if I wasn't that? Yes. And so that took, especially in the first year, year and a half, to even introduce myself without the titling or the former or this or that related to the NFL was really scary for me. Um, and I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it really helped shape, you know, my my identity pursuit and I'm doing that for myself and taking on the labels that I want and putting my, setting my own expectations for myself versus just taking, you know, all of that um, communication from an external source. Yeah. I know you are on a spiritual journey too. So I'm interested to know how did that play a part in this? Because usually when people, um, cause it's like we're molded by society. So we like, we take on the labels, right. we step into the role, we do the thing. And then we kind of have a midlife crisis and we're not having fun. So how did the spirituality aspect, you know, entangled in that? Like, how did it help you? I mean, the spiritual part helped tremendously because I was referencing this voice earlier and I, I can only describe it as, you know, the voice of the spirit saying, guiding, you have to go this way. Like, this is enough here. Like, here's the next chapter for you. And had I not listened to that, um, and there was times where I argued with it, but had I not listened to that, yeah. um, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have done all the things, you know, that I've been able to do in terms of, just in terms of the policy that I've been a part of in, in changing and reforming, whether that's criminal justice reform policy or voting policy or student loan debt policies, you know, in the state of California, it's really been unbelievable. Like there's no way I would have imagined this was a level of impact, you know, a company that I started based on my own values and principles and, and desires could have achieved. And so working with, you know, and at the time, so this is three years, almost four years ago now, um, I wasn't as far along in my spiritual um, healing as I am now, but even having begun the process of listening and being attuned to that spirit, um, it was everything. Yeah. And you said, like you had a helper, you worked with a shaman. How did you even gravitate to work with a shaman? Some people might get a therapist, a life coach. Why were you pulled into that direction? Yeah. Well, you know, I had done uh, like clinical therapy years ago, like back in 2011. And I really started kind of this work of breaking down my whole self because yeah. it was a whole nother life going on and like really evolving. Um, so I started there um, to just get an understanding of like level setting, like what's happening here. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. And from there, as I transcended 
out of that practice, you know, I think other practices were being shown to me. I don't know that I necessarily sought it out, but I definitely was reading a lot more. And my one girlfriend, Sasha Perlman, who also does um, event production in LA, um, she has been a tremendous resource because she put me on to like, for example, um, like the Tony Robbins live events, um, Unleash the Power Within, right? Which is a massive yeah. undertaking where you walk across fire. It's like its own spiritual thing, right? Yeah. Totally. And so from there, um, she was working with a shaman, um, you know, and still is. And she recommended because she knows my path of like discovery and, and up leveling and all the things. And she recommended her to me and I went to see her and it just, that level of work, I respond really well to energy work, yeah. you know, and not that everybody does, but I think people that are definitely empathic do. Yeah. Um, it just worked so well for me to better understand the subconscious trauma that I had to like get back to, to understand how to move forward. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And shamanic work, it's nothing to mess with. You know, you, no. you have to be ready because you're going to be shown like the ugly parts of your ego. You're going to be shown like your childhood trauma. Mm. You're going to be shown like the generational stuff you didn't want anything to do with, but it's in you. Yeah, for sure. You know, mm -hmm. um, Ooh. how can I tell people, cause I'm a psychotherapist too, but shaman first. And I tell people when they want to like bridge into the shamanic work, I'm like, you gotta be ready. Cause you're gonna mm -hmm. see all your parts, the good, the bad, the ugly, the twisted. How do you communicate your journey with your friends, with um, other community leaders? Do you share that part of yourself with, with the world? Yeah, I do. Actually, I don't do it intentionally. I just do because, you know, when you're in therapy and you're you, someone asks you a question, I was like, my therapist says. And so it just comes out all the time. And so yeah. it's the same thing. I'll be like, oh, my shaman says this. And, and I think that all forms of therapy are beneficial. And I think that we all should be assigned a proper therapist at like as soon as we come out of the womb. Like we I, just need one straight away. Yes, I say the same straight thing. away. That experience in and of itself is traumatic. And, and what people don't know is that energy pull, it stays with you. That's your first experience of like universal energy. And it just like embeds itself in, in your DNA. And so I didn't know that, you know, at first. And so I talk about it all the time and I'm always sharing either, you know, various quotes or readings or, you know, doing moon rituals. I have my one a couple of my friends on a moon ritual cycle with me, you know, and I think it's about pulling in all that is to like benefit you, right? Because people that are super religious are like, well, no, we're not, you know, no, we're yeah. borderlining some things here, you know? And I'm, I'm a Christian and I still like, you know, Jesus and God and Holy Spirit all for me. And there it also can translate, the word God can translate into eternal energy. So it really is whatever word makes people feel comfortable, but we're yeah. all operating with the same system. And so why not take full advantage of all of the resources we have, especially, I think, especially in terms of star mapping and understanding more so signs, not as a gimmick, but right. as a guide, you know? Absolutely. And I work with 
people from all religions and cultures and I'm a visionary. So when people walk into my office mm -hmm. and I start working on them, I'll see different guides popping in. It might be Jesus. It might be mother Mary, it might be Krishna. And I tell them, I make sure they're okay with that, but I let them know, I believe everything's from one source. And the only reason this specific guy is showing up is because it has a story and a personality. So this story and personality resonates where you are in your life right now. So it is, it does require that openness to go there, mm -hmm. to be open to mm -hmm. even the moon rituals. Because like you said, some people are like, okay, that's, you're dipping into like some voodoo, some rituals, some yeah. spells. Yeah. I totally get it. And I understand. So I don't, I don't push it. I'm just, but I'm just sharing my own life because right. you have to understand you don't get to, and there's many, many levels and many ways to quantify success. But if someone were to look at my life as a model, there is, it's not, I'm not that good. It's not really me. You know what I mean? But I am smart enough to listen and to do, to work my ass off so I can do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I do my part, but then I stop and then I let the rest unfold as it is intended to. What's your motivation to do your inner work? Because some people never go there and don't need to go there. What's your motivation? Yeah. You know, my motivation, I was, I was so lost for a long time, like into well into my twenties and it, and it yeah. put me in a lot of um, relationships, both romantic and non um, where I just didn't have a voice, you know? came out of that space, it's still, even coming out of the space is still so dark. You know, I just was really searching for any glimmer of light or hope or anything. And so when I saw like this, like little twinkle, I was like, well, let me go towards it. And, and really, and this is the thing I, I I'm so passionate about kind of teaching um, young girls in particular, because I would say the more purpose and the more impact you have on your life the harder it is going to be for you to step into because there are going to be so many external forces trying to beat that down or out of you or you know what I mean so the more the harder you think your life is, is because you have the most to offer you know if you can push through and so th that's really my motivation I just you know you have a knowing of more yes and you don't know why, because what you're looking at is not more. What you're looking at is sad and scary, <laughs> you know? So I, I think it was just that knowing like this couldn't be it. Yeah. You know, was a driving force. I've noticed your story similar to mine in the sense of um, trauma, struggle to like late 20s. Once 30s hit, we've been like soaring and I'm 35. I feel it's like the strongest souls have the hardest lessons early because they have messages to share. So it's almost yeah. like source is training us to have that wisdom at such an early age to be the messenger as long as we can. How does that resonate Absolutely. with you? Absolutely. I feel that. Um, because it's, it's really interesting. So I've lived in LA now, you know, the last 11 years. And before that, I was in New York and I'm from Portland originally. 
I did undergrad in Las Vegas at UNLV, go Rebels. And, you know, and I lived in Kentucky for um, four years and it just, and I'm, I'll be 38 this year, you know, it's so much life lived in a very short amount of time yeah. where it's like, I have, I, it has to be that because I was learning lessons left and right and a lot. And because also I'm a tourist, it takes longer for us to like get the lesson. Yeah. So I was kind of looping around and around. And I mean, even just this as recent as this past January, um, I learned and, and relationally learned like the last, what felt like the last puzzle piece of, a, of um, learning there. And was like, I get it. And it just kind of like sunk in, you know? And so I don't think the journey is ever over. I don't think there's an end point, yeah. you know, but you have to start the process and, you know, not to be cliche about the journey and then that's the best part and all the things, but I mean, that's the only part in terms of like healing or that's the only part is the process yeah. of it. Yeah. You can't focus on the destination because the no. destination keeps changing. Like you'll be depressed yeah. if you focusing on once I get to this goal um I'm an Aries too so similar energy like stubbornness you know the, the yeah. Taurus has like the Ram Aries too I want you to talk about plus one what's what projects are you guys working on what's ahead for you guys um I know with COVID maybe it kind of limited you guys a little bit but what is what are you guys excited about yeah I mean we are super excited about um, just the year in general, but um, in terms of COVID, last year with you know COVID and the uprisings and kind of these awakenings that people started to have, I mean our business was really really full, and you know it's interesting to think about being positioned uniquely positioned to kind of have the capacity to take on all this influx of um, energy, like um, from a business perspective, you know, because we had been laying the groundwork, we had been doing the work for years and years before people even like were aware of it, you know, right. and now we're looking um, at partnerships and deals with um, folks like Amazon Studios and uplifting Black content creators and our stories there. And we are partnering with um, all the professional teams in the Bay Area and um, the Black Party um, foundation, which is the Dr. QEP Newton Foundation for a virtual event later this month, and really unprecedented, I would say unprecedented, like collaborations that have not been done before. Um, you know, our last year we did, or the year before we were working um, with the NBA on Play for Justice, which is the uh, a prison um, event that we produced where there's a basketball game and a healing circle with the incarcerated men and women and the players. And there's just, there's just so much. And what we do looks different depending on the client. You know, we are going to be um, in partnership with NBC um, very soon in terms of uplifting and curating a list of black owned businesses for them to um, execute their pledge, their 15% pledge that they made last year um, in terms of inventory and media and things like that. And right. so there's just so, so much. And so we're excited about all of that. And you know, it's just, it's, it's really a gift to have a business and a life and be able to work with my family um, to, to just do what I feel like I'm here to do. You know? I was just going to say that, like, you're supposed to do this. 
It's interesting because some businesses really struggled during COVID, but these people that I know that are like high vibrational and literally living their purpose, like you can see it just the way I can see it in you, they flourished during COVID, during this year that a lot of people were struggling. I just find it interesting how you were talking about like the awakening, like something's changing, something's shifting. Um, one thing I would really like you to explain um, to help the audience understand if the conversation that's been ha being had is what's the difference between equity and equality? Yeah, yeah it, it's a big topic. Um, and we actually wrote um, a blog about it, I think a couple months ago, um, so people can get more in-depth thing on plusonesociety.com. But the difference is equality is the word and the term that we were using 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know what I mean? We've been pushing for equality and you've seen some of that policy kind of come into play. You've seen some of it in the culture come into play. But right now, why the shift to equity is because black and brown people are so far behind and disadvantaged from out the gate there really is no fix to get to a place of equality right now. So what we need now is to put in systems of equity that yeah. are then equitable for everybody because we're all starting at different levels. And that's the difference. So equality is like where you put everyone on the same level, we all start at the same gate, and have the right. same opportunities, period. We, that is not a reality, you know? So now you have to look at where everybody is at right? And then make them put a line and then give them the resources, opportunities, access, all the things, healthcare, to yeah. get them <laughs> to be in the same line. That's the goal is to get everyone to the same line. So some people need less help. Some people don't need any help because they're already there. Some people need a lot of help. And that's what equity, that conversation is about. So it's focusing on the individual. Um, how can companies do that? Like, how can companies practice that? How can the individual practice that? Yeah, from a company perspective, I mean, you really have to get, you have to get honest. I mean, this is, it speaks back to doing like the inner work, right? So companies yeah. need to do their internal work to really address and identify. And you can do this through metrics and reporting and, and digging deep into, if you have two individuals why one is advancing and why one isn't when they have the same exact credentials, same exact resume, experience, all the things. Right. Why aren't they? Because yeah. sometimes it's not intentional either. Sometimes we're blinded to the systems in place, blinded to our own biases and things like that. You know, but we have to bring into awareness to identify that that's a problem, you know? So ignorance is not an excuse, but it does happen, you know? And I think from an individual perspective, it's the same kind of um, questioning. Why, why are, why even for people of color, why are all my friends black? Why don't I have, you know what I mean? Why don't I have a more right. diverse friend group? Why right. do I only stay in this neighborhood? Why don't I go in my, you know, I live in the Valley. Why don't I go um, to South LA more? Why don't, why am I not in Inglewood more? Why don't I, I go to Beverly Hills quite a bit, but you know what I'm saying? You gotta ask. <laughs> Right. You know, you got to ask yourself just questions. And I think also in terms of, and this is just to economic 
equitability, you have to be more conscious on where you're spending your resources and what that says, because your resources are essentially your vote. And so if you are blindly just going and consuming, the majority of companies are owned by you know, why people. So if you're not thinking about spending money with even women-owned businesses, small businesses, local businesses, um, indigenous-owned businesses, all the things, you know, you're doing your community a disservice. You right. know, I think that we all need to get in a place where we are number one priorities to serve the community. So if we're all serving our own communities collectively, we should, the tide should all rise up together for all of us. Yes. And it's really about being thoughtful. Robert Livingston was talking about this on Dak Shepard's podcast. And it's like, if it's not affecting us, we're not thinking about it. You know, so it's really like having that community mind of like, if it's in the community, it is affecting you. You should feel it. You should want to help it. So it's like really breaking through the subconscious, breaking through the generational baggage we're all carrying and really getting on the same page. Um, thank you for explaining it. I'm definitely going to post that blog because it's something people are not understanding the difference. You explained Mm -hmm. it so simply, so perfect. And it's the truth. And if we can come from that standpoint, we can rebuild, you know? Um, no, this was awesome. I enjoyed chatting with you today. This was so good. Um, thank you for being here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This is amazing. Awesome. And yeah, so we have to do, you know, some, some shaman work and do all that. Yeah. I, like, I got to work with Dana after this. I know. <laughs> I'm so I know we'll have to do like another podcast, just like diving into that stuff. Cause that would be like a whole yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, That'd be amazing. I appreciate you so much for, for everything you're doing and for having me on and just allowing me to, you know, be a part of your platform is, is incredible. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. It was so nice to have you and we'll chat soon. Okay. All right. Thank you.